Hello. You're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror the Card Game. But I just wanted to add this very brief introduction before I get into the podcast in any detail. First of all, I realised that I've not done a spoiler warning for this episode, and we haven't really set up front what our policy on spoilers is. Basically, we have quite a relaxed attitude to spoilers. We're assuming if you're listening to this that you've played the Knight of the Zealot campaign in the core set of Arkham Horror the card game. Hopefully you've at least seen some of the cards in the Dunwich Legacy box. That's where we're at, and by we I mean me and Peter, who's my co-host. So we're talking about those cards, and we might also allude to cards that have been officially spoiled by Fantasy Flight Games on its website by way of marketing materials, that kind of thing. We normally say... There's an upcoming card that, so if you're the kind of person who doesn't want to know, that's normally the cue to mute the podcast. Otherwise, though, Peter and I don't seek out spoilers released by other means, and we certainly don't want to ruin anyone's experience playing the game, so I hope that's suitable. That's thing number one. Thing number two is, we sat down to record this podcast, and we both decided that maybe we'd gone a little bit long for what we wanted as a first episode, so I've chopped our cast in two and it's a two-part discussion so that'll be episodes one and two so you'll see hear the first half now and then the second half in a little bit uh, probably in a couple of weeks so i hope that's all right and i hope you enjoy it thank you Hello, and welcome to Drawn to the Flame, a sometimes fortnightly, sometimes monthly podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. Each episode, we take a look at a specific topic related to Arkham Horror, whether that's a particular investigator, a tricky scenario, or a trait or class, or some other gameplay element that's taken our fancy. We investigate it, if you like. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... Peter. Welcome to this, the first episode of Drawn to the Flame. So we thought, talking about this behind the scenes, that we would jump straight in with one of the topics that people aren't always that keen on in an Arkham Horror type game, which is that when things get really bad, dealing with the monsters from the Lovecraft mythos, sometimes it's better not to run away, and instead you should reach for your trusty knife, axe, machete, whatever it is. So the topic for this episode is weapons. Underlying this, behind the scenes, what we're thinking about is what's the point in weapons? What do they offer? What weapons are there available to investigators in Arkham Horror the card game? And we're going to dive in, take a look at the different weapons and tell you what we think about them. Do you want to start us off, Peter? Yeah, certainly. So... We'll start off with a couple of neutral weapons. First of all, we've got the knife, which is a one-cost weapon. It's got two abilities. You can spend an action and fight with plus one fight for this attack. Or you can spend an action and discard knife to fight, and you get plus two fight for the attack. And you deal an additional damage as well, and that uses up a single hand slot. So this, I think, is probably the first weapon I saw in the core set. I don't know if that's the same for you, Peter. I The first deck I put together was the starter Daisy deck, and I think Knife was the only weapon in it. So Probably. I guess this is the very lowest base level 
of weapon, really, isn't it? Exactly. And I think what this does that's, that's really the benchmark for all other weapons is that it says that when you take a fight action, do you want some more combat? And it also says when you take a fight action, do you want some more damage? And so obviously this one comes at its most simple. You can fight and you get plus one combat, which for, for, for investigators starting out might seem fairly reasonable. It's repeatable in the way that you don't have to commit multiple cards to single skill tests. I really like that it gives you a choice. There's, there's a really nice gameplay decision to be made. At what point do you discard the knife? And thematically, I always like to think that as you're just throwing it into whatever's chasing you. Yeah, exactly. At what you're... point do you discard the knife for that additional damage? When is it worth doing that? You're about to be attacked by something? Is it when you've got a better weapon in your hand ready to play? Yeah, or are you fighting a three health enemy and you, you've hit them once and they've taken one damage and then you really want to clear them out so that you've got one action spare to do something else so that your whole turn isn't eaten up fighting? Would you ever run so, a knife now in an investigator who had access to other weapons? Well, this this is the question I was about to ask. Who runs knife? And I, I, sh- I should say, really, most of my playing and my deck building is done in multiplayer. I generally find that we've got one character who's two characters who are doing much more of the fighting. So, to an extent, for me, knife is a bit redundant. As, as, an, as a seeker, say, or maybe even as a mystic, I'm not really drawn to it. Uh, I think if I'm if I'm a guardian, then I'm taking the machete. Uh, if I'm a rogue, I'm probably taking the machete as well. Yeah. Which we'll, we'll come to. Or, or, you know, fire axe is a nice cheap weapon. This it just... It's fine, but there's other stuff that does that better, I feel. You're, I think you're completely right. I completely agree. If you're just getting a plus one combat for a fight action and you're Daisy or Agnes or Wendy, it's not enough of a bonus to be that reasonable. And if you're playing as someone who has a much higher combat, they've also got access to better weapons. Um, but I think it's definitely worth just thinking about Knife, as we have done, just as those that benchmark that you can get plus one combat or you can get plus one damage, and that that's reasonable for only one resource to have in play. Playing one resource for plus two combat and plus one damage is quite nice as a as a one-off. Yeah, I, 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 it, it would be remiss of me not to mention I, I have a friend who's always looking for, for combos and one of the first decks he built was a Wendy knife-throwing deck. Okay, using is, scavenging? Yeah, so just constantly throwing knives, retrieving them from, from the trash and then throwing them again. So the next card is Kukri, it's a two-cost asset, so one more than knife. It also has a combat uh, skill pip. It's item, weapon, and melee traded. And it has action, fight. You get plus one combat for this attack. If you succeed, you may spend one additional action to deal plus one damage for this attack. And it takes up one hand slot. So... I'm going to jump in and talk about this one. It costs one more than knife to get into play, but it's still only two, which isn't breaking the bank. And it provides that same ability as knife, fight, you get plus one combat for this attack. But where it's different, obviously, is that you can spend this extra action to deal an extra damage. Uh, So in effect, you're taking one test for two fight actions, each with plus one, 
and you just get you just uh, getting the damage that way. You took the words out of my mouth with this. It's it's a it's a double knife attack, really. So I suppose what that means then is everything we've just said about knife we need to think about for cookery. How many people are using the first action on knife, the fight with plus one combat, and wishing that they were able to not take the second test and just one test was enough? At the moment, I don't see how many people as investigators are doing that, but maybe there'll come a time when people want to do that. Yeah, I... I... I, I tend I tend to feel anyone who would want a neutral weapon like this would prefer to have knife. Yeah, that that discard knife ability, the second ability, gives you a bigger bonus and gives you the same damage, and it's only one action rather than two. I suppose the other place that cookery might shine is in a deck, probably a rogue deck, where you have additional actions, uh, either through Leo or through Schizo Tools ability or something like that. And you might want to be taking attacks where you, you only want one attack to land and then you know that you can cash in on that attack and get the extra damage by spending an extra action. Um, I feel that's slightly so is niche. There, the question is, is there a window? I'm going to jump over to the rules quickly. Mm-hmm. I should have prepared for this. Is there a window to use, say, a skid's ability after you've succeeded at the test? No, there isn't. No. So you'd have to you'd have to have the action ready before you know whether you've succeeded or not. Yeah, because during a skill test, step two is committing cards from hand to the skill test, and then there's a player window, and then all of the steps after that: reveal chaos token, resolve chaos token, um, determine investigators' modified skill value, determine success or failure. There's no lightning bolt player windows. There. But I guess that only really makes a difference if it's if you're on your last action because you would just give yourself the extra action yeah. later anyway. Yeah. Or or maybe you have a turn as Skidzo Tool where you know what you want to do for your three actions. You have the cookery in play, so you you immediately pay for a, for an additional action. And first action is going to be you know hit hit a ghoul and try and kill it in one hit, so you can then move and do something else or. You've got you've got a sort of lined up play that you need, and you're using your ability to have an extra action as a kind of pay two to do two extra damage, maybe. Yeah, uh, I guess. I guess. Slightly, yeah. slightly spitballing here. Taking a machete or, or similar. Yeah, exactly. And it's all all of what I'm saying is hypothetical because we know that there are other weapons that we're about to talk about that offer yeah. better than these two. So let's move on. Why don't you read for us? The first guardian weapon. So this is the point forty five automatic. It's a four cost asset. It's an item weapon firearm. Our it's first got firearm. Four ammo. And action, spend one ammo, fight. You get plus one fight for this attack, and this attack deals plus one damage. And that uses a single hand slot. Great. And interestingly it has an agility skill pip which really had me scratching my head when I first saw the card. Um, I suppose they have to find some cards that have agility pips rather than than combat pips for some weapons. Yeah, um, I, I guess this is a, it's a shooting a firearm is more... I'm just I'm having a sneak peek ahead and seeing what the other firearms are. Um, 
don't know. I don't know. I get. I would guess it was a. <clears throat> it's a manual dexterity thing rather than a thing, but yeah. And yeah. maybe my logic doesn't really hold. Yeah. Well, I mean, looking ahead slightly, the forty-five automatic has agility pip, but the point four one Derringer has a combat pip, and then. The machete has a combat pip, but the switchblade has an agility pip. So it might just be that they wanted two weapons in in Guardian and two weapons in Rogue, and they decided to share out the pips. Um, but I don't don't know beyond that what that might be. Anyway, the .45 automatic, you, the knife might be the the hallmark weapon for any investigator, but it feels like the .45 is the sort of the gold standard for an investigator who actually wants to take combat seriously and wants to deal some serious damage. Yeah, I, I was I was going to say, I think you're spot on. Um, the, the, it, it gives you a bonus to your fight and it gives you a bonus to your damage. And you, both of those are unconditional as well. So, you know, you, you put this down, you get better at fighting and you deal two damage for every attack. And I, I think that's... It's, it's almost... It, whereas the knife is a, is a baseline weapon, this is a baseline fighter's weapon. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And even the cost works out neatly there. You're paying four, you're getting four ammo, so you're basically paying four to do eight damage, which feels... Hopefully. ...very reasonable. Um, Yeah. If we compare that to Knife, where you pay one for two damage, um, but you only get that once, uh, it seems pretty favourable. I don't normally get too bogged down in in the kind of number crunching of cards, um, but maybe we can do more of that at another time. But yeah, the the point four five, very reasonable. The only time I don't like to see this card if I'm playing a sort of fighter investigator is later in the game when I've maybe put my resources into other things, and sometimes paying four can feel like a real investment. It's a bit of a hill to climb, I think. I guess in the first couple of turns, it's a bit of a tempo hit, just dropping off four, which might be most, if not all, of your money yeah. on, a, on a 45. But if you're going to drop it on anything, something which lets you fight is what you want to you drop that money on. Definitely. I think it's also that in some of those early scenarios in the Night of the Zealot, Crypt Chill is floating around, and the people who have access to the .45 automatic apart from Zoe Samaras now, normally have quite low uh, willpower and losing something that you've invested four resources to just feels so painful, even if it is thematic that you've got cold and you've dropped your gun. My my issue with the 45 is my guardian of choice is Zoe. And for some reason, the 45 doesn't really seem that thematic for her. I much prefer getting a machete or or the melee weapon out for her. Yeah, I mean, her art is her with a kind of butcher's cleaver covered in blood, so it's not her style, is it, to shoot from distance? Yeah. But maybe that's just me. (laughs) Okay, moving on, the next Guardian card, which is also a corset card, is the machete. This is a three-cost asset, so one less than the .45 automatic. It has a combat pip, as I mentioned. It's item, weapon, melee traded. And it has action, fight. You get plus one combat for this attack. If the attacked enemy is the only enemy engaged with you, this attack deals plus one damage. And it has flavor text, the first flavor text on uh, 
a card we've looked at so far, cuts through vines, underbrush and tentacles equally well, and it takes up a single hand slot. Definitely the flavour text is on the pulpier side, but maybe we shouldn't get bogged down in talking about that. That feels... it's That's quite in line with the way the game works. You, you mentioned this in the introduction, I think. Arkham Horror LCG, it's definitely towards the pulpier, which which most of the, the Fantasy Flight games are, of, of the Lovecraft mythos. So this feels like a... Uh, an emblematic weapon for the core set. Yeah, a nod to that. This isn't all about sneaking and cosmic horror. This is also about getting down and dirty. The other thing that's probably worth talking about is that second sentence on the the fight action. This can slightly lead to scratching heads when you first come across it. So the attacked enemy has to be engaged with you, first of all. So it can't be an enemy at your location that's the only one there. It has to be an enemy in your threat area. And it has to be the only enemy in your threat area. So solo, this card can be, I think, has slightly more power than in a in a group setting. Solo, you're only drawing normally one card off the counter deck per turn, unless you're hitting something like Surge or playing a Mystic who's maybe drawn to the flame, but the chance of you getting really swamped by enemies is quite low unless something goes very wrong. And that's where the machete is a straight-up upgrade of the 0.45 automatic. I don't think that's controversial to say. It's giving you the same combat bonus, it's giving you the same damage bonus, and it has none of the restrictions of ammo, and it's slightly cheaper. So so I guess what, what I enjoy is that it, it often leads to some juggling of enemies to make sure that you're getting the damage bonus or the damage bonus at the right time. I know I've had games where I've I've ended up with two enemies attached to me and I you know I shoot one, I use my cross on the other one and then I can I've got the extra extra damage from the machete to rely on for the last enemy. Yeah, exactly. Or you might you might think, right, I'm gonna I'm going to hit an enemy that's only on one health first to get rid of it so that I can then use the machete hit that's doing the extra damage on a bigger enemy. You start doing these sort of little combos of damage of going, okay, well, I can damage this guy this amount, or if I use something like a vicious blow on this enemy to clear it out, I can then use the machete to do the damage I need to on the remaining enemy or something like that. Or I've even had where I've been playing with larger groups where you're pleading with the Wendy player to engage an enemy off you so that when it comes to your turn you can chop up the fairly big enemy that you're dealing with and do it in an efficient number of actions rather than spending your whole turn. But I think we're agreed that we like the machete. I think I like it a lot, yeah. I think uh, Skids O'Toole, when it was Corset only, liked it very much. And I think it was one of the cards that when the Dunwich Legacy box came out and we had five new investigators that could all take up to five cards from not their main class it's one of those cards i think everyone looked at at least briefly thinking okay it gives a steady bonus it's not too expensive it does damage apart from maybe in someone like rex who's really doesn't want to fight all of the others yeah like the look of it so we've got the final guardian card Guardian weapon from the Dunwich Legacy. And this is a one cost asset. Blackjack. It's an item weapon melee again. Uh, it's got action. 
fight. You get plus one fight for this attack. If you perform this attack against an enemy engaged with another investigator and you fail, you'll deal no damage. And that's a single hand slot. So, Peter, how many times have you, as the fighter in your group, attacked an enemy engaged with another investigator and accidentally injured the investigator instead? Luckily, personally, it's never happened uh, that that I have injured someone else. <laughs> However, I have been shot on multiple occasions by one of my so-called allies. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> and were you trying to talk them down and say, no, 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 just engage the enemy first? Or was it a situation where you were saying, take the shot, I know you'll land it? It was a... <laughs> No, I knew he wasn't going to land it, but it was a situation in which engaging the enemy first wasn't really an option uh, due to the number of enemies. Uh, it was, funnily enough, he shot my, my other ally not long after as well. Wow, who is this investigator you've been travelling around with? He sounds like a live wire. So I, I'll just say that, that thematically we, we, we all agree he should be playing Rex. <laughs> yes, yeah, definitely. So would it have made a difference if this person was packing blackjack instead of the gun that he was shooting? Well, my problem with blackjack is it's it doesn't do extra damage. Yeah. Which, which I, I really want. But I, 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 I do like the effect. It's a nice effect to have. I just, I find it, I would find it hard. I guess where I see this is I would try and take maybe five weapons as a, as a guardian, and that in the moment would probably look like two forty five automatics and two machetes. Yeah, and then I've got a slot I can play around with, and if I don't want to go out of faction, and I don't want to take the knife. I can take this. Yeah, and you know, throw it down on the table and use it if ever someone is engaged with someone else. Definitely, and I mean, compare it to the knife. <laughs> It costs one, the knife costs one, they both have a combat pip, they both have fight, you get plus one for this attack. So so you're getting the same ability as the knife, but you're also getting this extra little clause that if you're being really, uh, I was going to say trigger happy, but it's not quite right, if you're just really wailing on enemies without wanting to engage them, you're not going to risk hurting your, your precious teammates. Uh, I suppose as well, if you're the, the fighter in your group, probably the other person is not that fightery. And if they're someone like Daisy or Rex who has very low HP, you really don't want to land a hit that does extra damage uh, on them, as in you don't want to miss a hit that ends up hitting them because that could be uh, 40% of their health. Um, so in that instance, Blackjack yeah, I, could be I, good. I, it, it's a card I, I don't want <laughs> uh, unless... I really do want it, and I'm, I'm and I've just killed someone. Yes, <laughs> and then it's very easy to say if only I'd been using the blackjack. At that point, well, I guess you, you... Zoe looks in her bag and goes, "Oh yeah, I had that. I wish I'd used that instead." Yeah. It's worth noting, of course, that this is next to useless in solo. Yeah, it's it's a knife without the bonus damage ability. Yeah. So unless unless there's a an investigator who has a restriction on neutral cards who's a guardian, you'd probably never run this solo. Yeah, I wonder if we'll ever see that. So that's the last of the guardian weapons, apart from there's a weapon that has 
XP to buy, and we're going to talk about that a bit later on. So, so we've had two neutral weapons and three guardian weapons. Guardian, we know, are the class that um, like protecting other people, and they've we've got three weapons here who that, that offer that ability. Two of them through killing enemies very efficiently, and one of them through not hurting your teammates when you attack them uh, or attack the enemies near them. So let's move on. And we go to the survivor cards. Is that what you're Uh expecting? So the first survivor weapon is the baseball bat. It costs two. It's an asset, obviously. It has a combat pip. It's item weapon melee traded. And it has action fight. You get plus two combat for this attack. This attack deals plus one damage. However, if a skull or tentacle symbol is revealed during this attack, discard baseball bat after the attack resolves. And it's a two-handed weapon. So, apart from the fact that I really don't like this art, um, this is a really interesting card. Yeah, I think it's... it's, When you read this, straight away, you know what's happening thematically. You're cracking the bat over their head or something like that. And then it's shattered. And worth noting that so, so, uh, if you pull a skull, you could still be passing the test. It's just that you're losing the bat after the test. You're just you're kind of sure. going going wild on them. So so looking just at the the stats, so plus two fight and then plus one damage. That's good. That's really good. Yeah, the only other so, plus two, two fight cost. we've had is the is the knife, and that you have to throw the knife away to get a plus two fight. Just looking at the stats, this this is it, it's. You know, it's, it's good, it's very good. Uh, and as I say, only two cost. But of course, we've got the downside where it, it just, you, you might only get one attack out of it. Yeah, you've paid two, and you could have paid one with a knife and discarded it and got the exact same bonus. The, the other thing to remember is, is that there's probably two skulls and one tentacle token in the chaos bag, particularly if you're playing at standard difficulty. So that's a 3 in 16 chance, which isn't too huge, but it's it's not negligible either. If it was just the tentacle so token, that might be make it much more reasonable. I, I guess similar to, to the to my, my friend with his knife throwing Wendy, this is a this is a card which really sits in Survivor because you can use it with scavenging, which worth worth mentioning that it. So this is when you succeed at a, an investigate check by two or more, you can exhaust scavenging to return an item card to your hand from your discard. So then that almost entirely mitigates the downside of the baseball bat. As long as you can keep afford, or you can afford to keep on installing it. And as long as you are able to do an investigate check that's going to get you the success, having just lost your weapon uh, or lost a couple of turns earlier, and that, that hasn't put you in a position where you've actually then really in difficulty because you don't have your baseball bat anymore and you were hoping to use your baseball bat to deal with two ghouls engaged with you or something like that. So yeah, that, that scavenging setup, I think, when everything's going well works marvellously but when when you lose the the key piece of your your setup it suddenly can start to be really difficult the other thing that baseball bat hints at and we're going to see this more with the next survivor card as well is how the survivor class 
their cards aren't as sort of regular as the Guardian cards. The Guardian bonuses are plus one combat, plus one damage, apart from Blackjack. They're they're pretty dependable in that way, and the baseball bat is a higher damage, a higher combat boost with the damage, but with this very random downside. Um, and why don't we go on to the next card, if you want to read that, Peter? Certainly, yeah. So this is a one-cost asset. It's the Fire Axe. Uh, this is item weapon melee trait, and this has action fights. If you have no resources in your resource pool, this attack deals plus one damage. Okay. And then it has, yep, and then it's got a fast uh, action. Fast, fast. Uh, during an attack using fire arts, spend one resource, you get plus two fight for this skill test. Limit three times per attack. So what you can do is if you have three resources in your resource pool, you can spend them all during the skill test and then gain the bonus damage. Yeah, and there was a bit of talk, wasn't there, when this card was released about when you check to see how many resources you have in your pool and at what point do you, is it does it calculate whether or not you have the, the, the zero resources or more than zero resources in your pool. But it seems pretty clear now that it's at that point of checking whether or not you've been successful in the test that you also check to see if you're doing the extra damage. So if you've thrown your last three resources into the test, so you're I, gravy. I played with Firax a bit in Zoe, yeah, and I think it's quite possibly my favourite card so far. Entirely, of all the I, cards, I, I love absolutely everything about it. I think <laughs> I, I, I mean, from from a gameplay point of view, it's it's a, it's a lovely cheap weapon. So one cost for a weapon, which in my opinion is better than the knife. Yeah, yeah. You know that's that's great. It's it's only a single hand slot. It's thematic in that you it's a weapon of desperation, much like the baseball bat. The survivors are, are people who are thrown into this world, not necessarily because they want to be. Yeah. And they're, they're just trying to survive. So a fire axe is, you know, something you pick up and then you you wield it with all your strength to try and try and stop whatever it is, whatever it is that's attacking you. And that's lovely. It's represented in a really lovely way through the abilities that if you if you pour everything into it, it's more effective. Yeah. But if you keep on pouring everything into it, you never have anything. So so. You, you you juggle around during your turn. You, you think about where you can spend spend your resources, you know, to get the damage at the right moment, and you can't use it over and over again because you then don't get the bonus to your your fight test. You get into what I call the fire axe hole <laughs> that you've, you that you've put... chopped with a fire axe to get there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've you've axed yourself a hole. <laughs> And then, and then it, it's a it's a long process to get back out of that hole in order to install. It, say if you've if you've drawn a forty five to be able to play a forty five, you, you either have to wait four turns to, to, for the resources to come in, or you have to spend three actions gaining all the money. Yeah. So, it's, and then it's an really enemy nice engages you again that that mythos phase, and you've got three resources, and you think, oh, I'm just going to chuck all these resources and attack with the axe again. <laughs> You're back to yeah, where yeah. you were. Yeah. And, and spending three resources, you've then got plus six fight for a test. Yeah. That's doing if if you spent all your resource, that's that's plus three damage. And this uh, is this is what I meant damage. about the survivors having uh quite quite extreme swings. You know, there's no other weapon that we're going to look at that gives you that big a bonus 
for for the cost it's 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 amazing you have you have someone like i don't know agnes who has combat of two she can then swing at a combat of eight if she's using it which is yeah ludicrous i'd be happy if i'm swinging at eight in roland with a beat cop down and a weapon and throwing in an overpower or something like that it's amazing swing but then what what did you do for your next action yeah and one of the things i've been playing with fire axe quite a lot as well i've been playing in a an ashcan pete solo deck with the fire axe and it's a really interesting deck that I found on Arkham DB that doesn't run emergency cash because it doesn't have anything that it spends the resources on. It goes, it flies very low to zero all the time. And one of the real challenges with using the fire axe is exactly as you described. You're fighting a four health enemy. You're wanting to use your resources for your first action so that you get a good hit and do two damage to it. And then the next hit, you're swinging... With a, with a combat of two, because you've got no resources left. Yes, you'll you'll do two damage if you land it, but you don't have the bonus anymore. So obviously in in Ash Campete, you've got Duke that can give you a bit of a bonus, or you you're maybe storing up cards in your hand to throw overpower in or other combat pipped cards in to get that boost. But balancing how quickly you go to zero gets really really complicated. It's really enjoyable and. I suppose it actually is a similar thing to what you mentioned when we first talked about the knife, which is that it gives you a choice as the investigator. You can judge the situation and decide if you're going to commit to going heavy, or maybe you just use the fire axe because you want the you want the combat boost. You don't actually need the extra damage. Whereas with something like the .45 automatic, if you use one of those bullets, you're getting plus one to fight, and and you're so getting I, plus I, one I damage. This, this is a hint that in the future we might see an investigator specifically geared towards having no money. So maybe there'll be other cards which give you a bonus when you have no money. Uh, which which would be that would be interesting. That would be interesting. This is something that that feeds into the survivor class as well. That they're meant to be making do and mending. They're meant to be surviving on very little. Wendy we saw in the corset is great at turning failure into success. And this seems to be a similar thing of, oh, you have no money left. That's a good thing. As opposed to other investigators, particularly someone who, like a, a guardian investigator who's got very expensive resources, as soon as they get down to zero, they're not going to be doing their dynamite blast anymore. They're not going to be dodging enemies anymore. They can't put down any new weapons. All of that kind of goes off the table once they run out of money. So, can yeah. I talk about a, a spoiled card from an upcoming pack? Is that, sure. Is that yeah, I think game? you can, yeah. So, so this was on an, one of the FFG news articles. We've got Key and I coming up, which is similar to the, the stat boosters in the core set, where you spend some resources and you gain a bonus to your, your they're, stats. They're the talents, aren't they? That's right. So, so Key and I is a, is a permanent talent, so it starts the game in play. And its abilities are you spend two resources over the, the one resource. Okay, uh, doubling up. Core set. But the, but this the stats boost lasts for the entire turn. So with something like Fire Axe, what you could do is put all of your money into a permanent stat boost and then rely on the extra damage for your whole turn. Okay, let me think that through. So you you you'd spend say four resources and get plus two combat for your turn, leaving you on no money. 
leaving you on no money, and so you'd then have plus two, you'd be swinging for four or five, but you could do that three times and do six damage. That's pretty powerful, yeah. Of course, that Kenai is a Guardian card, and it's a three experience point card, so you'd need to be running the Fire Axe in in a Guardian who can run it, like Zoe. Um, Like Zoe, yeah. In fact, only Zoe. Only Zoe. And I've run Fire Axe and Zoe before, and it's interesting that we bring her up, actually, because her ability can sometimes really help the Fire Axe, particularly help you out of the Fire Axe hole, but other times it can actually put you in a position where you don't get the extra damage because she's gained you an extra resource as an enemy has engaged you and you've gone up to four resources and then you can't dump all of your resources to get the extra damage you have to dump two and do one damage or whatever it is i mean zoe has lots of ways dealing damage so she can find a way around that but that's an interesting thing isn't it if you if if you found a way to get lots of resources suddenly the fire axe is great for that combat boost but it's only dealing one damage rather than two 